we break molds It's all gold, it's so cold, it's no hoes What's up everyone, I want to welcome you to the new No Hoes podcast As you can see, there's a lot of changes here And uh, I am digging it I am digging it, man I want to thank Super Dave, I like to call him Super Dave, but Dave Dyke for, you know, helping me. And, man, I, I hope that you get to actually hear his heart pretty soon on, on why he wanted to help me. But uh, but anyway, you know, I got a pretty cool guy that I met. Sneakerhead, man, is it the off-white Jordans? I think I might take them. Maybe, maybe he'll give them to me as a gift maybe. When, uh, when we're done with this. <laughs> but uh, met this dude at the gym, super awesome guy, man. Uh, Thank you. His name is Gil Loya. What's up, bro? How are you? Good, man. How you doing? Man, I can't complain. Yeah, dude, man. Uh, yeah, I just met this dude at the gym and just got to talking. I, I just felt like, you know, he had a story to share. And, dude, I'm excited to hear all about you. You know, at the gym, we just kind of chit-chat here and there. But, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, man, uh, I'm going to start off with just some simple simple questions. Uh, favorite color? Red. Red. Why red? Um, you know, I don't know. Uh, growing up, I was a, a big Tar Heels fan, and baby blue was just everything. Mm-hmm. And it's so hard to match uh, with baby blue. So I don't know. I guess just as I got older, it was just red everything. Yeah. Uh, you find it a lot easier than baby blue, especially like in shoes and stuff. So I just gravitated towards red. And No, I, I, I like red too. I mean, I know, I know. <laughs> Dang it. You don't have to comment down. <laughs> um, favorite food? Uh, man, honestly, anything Italian. Oh, uh, okay. I love Italian food. The more carbs, the better, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's true. Uh, I like carbs. I, I probably need to stay away from them, but um, yeah. it's hard. It is, man. But, you know, uh, one thing in, in going through this whole fitness journey or, or whatever and I don't want to jump the gun on, on your questions but you know I, I've kind of learned that you know eat eat whatever makes you happy you know mm. people starve themselves to look a certain way and and I'm 36 I, I don't know how old you 36. are 36 okay well 36 uh, I kind of feel like what do I need a six pack for so <laughs> I, I like to go to the gym and I like to work hard in the gym but I also like to eat what makes me happy yeah so I mean, eat, eat whatever, you know, eat it in moderation. Obviously, you don't want to go overboard either, but eat what makes you happy. Nice. Heck yeah. Um, the worst advice you have ever received? Man, I don't I don't know that I've ever received any bad advice. And if I have, maybe I just in one ear and out the other. But I kind of feel like any advice that's given to you by a person is either coming from experience mm-hmm. or is something that they really felt something from it. So I, I don't feel like maybe necessarily doesn't always pertain to your situation or you can't use it at a particular time and place in your life. But I always feel like anytime somebody takes the time to say, Hey, you know what? And they want to give you like that piece of them. Yeah. Then I don't know, man, take it. You know, like I said, maybe just put it put it in your pocket and save it for later. But I mean, maybe one yeah. day it might serve a purpose for you. You know, no, that's good. Heck yeah! What about the best advice you've ever received? Oh, man, probably from my mom. Um, you know, growing up, uh, 
Hispanic culture. You know, your parents don't like to let you stay at your friend's house. <laughs> yeah. um, but the few times that, that I did get to, um, you know, one thing with her was siempre será comedido. You know, if they need help with the trash, throw the trash, even if you don't do it at home. You know, if, if, if she's telling your friend that you're staying with, hey, I need you to do this, help him do that. You know, just always be helpful. Yeah. Um, and I, I feel like that served me. Uh, that's, it, you know, I, I've always taken that everywhere, yeah. everywhere that I've gone. I feel like it's always served me good. Oh, dude, that's good, man. Um, I think that's that's even something, you know, like you probably, even, you know, for sure pass down to your kids. And it's just respect and honor, you know, I mean, yeah, definitely. That's awesome. And I, I like that. Yeah. Um, oh, my God. Oh, would you? <laughs> Would you rather be loved or feared and why? Man, I'd rather be loved, man. Um, I feel like when people fear you, um, it's it's always negative, you yeah. know? And uh, for me, uh, I, I was always the type of person that it was very easy for me to find the negative in everything. Um, and I've, I've kind of made some life choices uh, here within the last few years um, due to some things that I've gone through in my life. And, you know, I've kind of tried to change that aspect of me and my mindset as far as that. So uh, I just I feel like I, I'd rather people love me than, than to fear me because, you know. Yeah, definitely. No, um, I'm the same way. To me, I'd rather be loved because like fear pretty much gets I mean yeah you can probably place fear in people but man honestly like no why would you do that anyway you know living right like being a Christian you're supposed to just love and that, I, that's what I love doing just kind of going out and just just love so yeah I mean I, I would want people to same back which is not always going to be that way yeah but uh, and, and sometimes like I was kind of intimidated to talk to you so not to say it was the fear part but yeah. it was like I, I'm still kind of learning, hey, you know, get out there and let's just talk, you know. Let, yeah, I want to yeah. just get to know this guy, you know, he seems pretty cool, you know. So, yeah, um, yeah like you were kind of intimidated a little bit. I saw you working out. I was like, man, I'm just going to talk to him anyway. And I'm glad I did, bro. Like, it, it's just getting to know you, kind of knowing that you like sh sneakers. Yeah, so much in common, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. Um, last one right here. Uh, how would you want your loved ones to remember you um for who i am now um i know that that you know your past shapes a lot of you um going into the future mm -hmm. but i feel like that my past is was it, it wasn't i didn't leave the greatest of impressions on a lot of people in my past and i feel like that i'd much rather be uh remembered for who i am now than yeah. who i was before even though who I was before made who I am now. Yeah. Um, but I'd much rather be remembered for who I am now. Gotcha. Yeah. You know, to kind of, uh, let's kind of take it back to the past. Like, where, where were you Where were you born? Where were you from? Uh, born in El Paso, Texas. El Paso, Texas. Yeah. Um, I don't really know the story uh, as far as my, and I guess it's, I don't know, I kind of feel like it's a joke, but I don't know if it's true. Uh, just kind of was born on the way to like a hospital type place. Wasn't really a hospital. Hmm. Um, 
I guess it, I don't know. In, in between the trip, I was halfway out and then got there, and then it was like, "Hey, here I am." Oh wow! Um, so I don't, I don't really know. Yeah, they yeah. joke about it, but I don't know. I guess there's some truth to it. Maybe I don't know. <laughs> how long? I, how long were you in El Paso that you remember? Um, I don't. Uh, I always, uh, as far as I know, I, I was raised in Denver City. Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah, so born in El Paso, and then uh, my dad came chasing that oil money, uh, and I guess like. Uh, 80 well he was here in 82 I was born in 84 so they were either down to visit or for whatever the case was and then came back home gotcha. but, yeah uh, they, they've been in, uh, grew up in Denver City uh, born in well not born and raised but raised yeah at least so uh, brothers and sisters I have uh, two younger sisters uh, one's uh, 34 I think <laughs> the other one is 24 uh, going on 25 so yeah two younger sisters and how was y'all's relationship growing up pretty close or? Uh, me and my middle sister of course I grew up with her we grew up with each other and uh, she was just kind of that that sibling that if I get a bowl of cereal she wants a bowl of cereal and I'm just kind of like I just want to eat my cereal in yeah. peace like I don't need you to be wanting the same thing. But, I mean, I guess that's how it is. You know, you kind of don't really understand it. But, you know, talking to her now, it was kind of a looked up to you type deal. And it just uh, misunderstood on my part. You know, I kind of took it as an annoying little girl. But she kinda, she told me that it was kind of like her looking up to me. But, um, but no, uh, I didn't really have the best of relationships with her, um, you know, uh, just growing up, I just, like I said, man, I, it was very easy for me to see the negative and everything. And I don't know why mm-hmm. in particular. Um, I don't know if it had to do with the way that I was brought up, maybe. Um, I don't know. It was just so easy for me. I guess maybe uh, growing up, like in school and stuff, um, I dealt with a lot of uh, bullying and um, like kids always making fun, uh, you know. And uh, I think as a defense mechanism, you kind of have to build something up. Yes. Yeah. And my way of doing it was always just cutting back out, uh, you know, mm-hmm. and it's always been really easy for me to uh, go for the knockout punch <laughs> and not just a jab, you know, yeah. to hurt them. Yes. And um, I mean, it's funny, you know, and, and that was kind of one of the things is, you know, and I always made people laugh. So I always thought, well, hey, this is a good thing. But it really wasn't, man. Um, I left. I left a path of, of destruction uh, mm-hmm. in my childhood. Uh, uh, my best friend. Uh, we went to college, and we were roommates. And because of the way that I was, uh, kind of just tore that relationship up. And it sucks because he was my best friend mm-hmm. since I mean, yeah, little, you know. And uh, it sucks, man. It really does. But, you know, going through the things that I've gone through and, you know, I'm sure we'll get to that. But, um, you know, I've, I've kind of made amends with some of the people in my past. Mm. Thank God. And uh, I mean, you know, we there, the, the friendship couldn't be resolved. But at least I have my peace knowing that he knows that I wasn't in the right, you know, in yeah. the way that I acted. And, and I asked for my forgiveness from him and, oh, wow. and he yeah. accepted it, you know, and that was awesome of him because he could have just been like, look, man, I haven't spoke to you in like 10 years, um, you know, but man. he, you know, he sat there and he listened to what I had to say. And, you know, we kind of teared up on the phone and uh, it, it was cool, man. It was cool there for a second. I had my best friend back, you know, yeah. even though if it was just for in that moment. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, 
it, you know, still it, it felt good. It felt yeah. good. Dude, that that did. Yes, and that dude that takes a lot to to pick up a phone or you know and just be like, yeah. hey, like asking for forgiveness is is very hard. Yeah, man. very pretty hard. And um, dude, I, we kind of we're kind of similar, even more now that you said that you that you're pretty much your de- defense mechanism is just to cut back. That that's me. Um, growing up, that's how I was. Yeah. I got picked on by guys and girls, you know? And yeah. so it was, what did I do? I learned to just, I'm going to find something wrong with you and I'm going to exactly. attack you with my words and yeah. you're going to leave me alone. And after a while, it, it did, it did help. And it sucks now because I'm working on it. I, I still do joke around yeah, and, true. and I, I want, I, that is something I am working on because I don't want to. I don't like making people mad or I don't, you don't want to hurt people. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, I think that's one thing that we don't understand when we're, when we're young because we think, well, this is my way of defending myself. Yeah. It's either that or this. Mm-hmm. And I'd rather it be this than this, but at the same time, this hurts worse than this because this hurts for a little bit. These words, man, they can cut deep. Yes, they can. And, and, and you know, you never really know what somebody's going through. And all it takes is one word for you to say, and it's, you know, that's everything to yeah. them. And, and it could be, it could completely change their day for the better or for the worse, man. Mm-hmm. And and I think that's one thing that, that, you know, people need to understand nowadays is that that you you really can, man, with, with just one word, even, you know, like with the whole new me or whatever you want to call it, Gil 2.0 version, whatever, um, you know, anytime I see somebody in the morning, good morning, you know, because you never know what they're going through. They yes, could have woke yeah. up and just been like, today's the day that it's, that that's yeah. it. Yeah, definitely. And you say, Hey, good morning. You know, hold the door open for them. And it's like, Oh, wait a minute. And it's like their second chance at life. You're like, well, maybe this is worth hanging around for just another day. At least, mm-hmm. you know, you, you never really know. And I, I don't know, man, the way things are already. Um, it's just been a crazy year. Um, you know, I've been I've been noticing on social media that, you know, a lot of people have been like, oh, it's snowing in Texas. It must be snowing in Texas because everybody's. But it's kind of like, dude, I feel like I feel like God's going like, man, y'all need this right now. Here's a little <laughs> bit of fun for you guys, you know, because it's been a crazy yes, year. Yes. It's been a crazy year. And then it's kind of already carrying over into this year. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like, you know, I felt like this was a good way for. Everybody in town was outside playing in the snow. I've never seen so many people in their front yards with their kids building snowmen. And we need that. We oh, need yeah. that right now. Yes, you know, just like just like people need to hear good morning or, or how was your day or hey, you look nice today or, or whatever the case is. Yeah. Um, because like I said, you never know what somebody's going through. No. And your words could, you know, it could completely change their day. Yes, sir. And, and, the, and the Bible says, man, like... Life and death, that's exactly what comes out of your mouth. Like, are you speaking life into somebody? Or are you speaking death? And every time, and this is something that I'm, like I said, I'm still working on is, yeah. man, if I cut up on, you know, and start making fun of somebody, I am speaking death over you. And man, I don't want that. Yeah. You know, not at all. No, definitely don't want to live with that, man. You know, one thing that, um, um, that got me, I guess, to where bullying and stuff like that, but not even that, like just kind of putting that, just cutting up, I guess, was be uh, was my dad. Um, growing up, he was kind of, he was hard on me, and 
was that something maybe the reason why you were kind of like that? How was your relationship with your parents, you know, growing um, up? So I've always been like a like a mama's boy. Um, I mean, even even to this day, she called me yesterday. Hey, come eat. And I'm like, get in my truck. <laughs> I'm going. I'm going. You know, mom calls. You got to go eat. But uh, the my relationship with my dad was was not good. It was not good at all. And, you know, it played a major role in in who I was, I feel like, um, to a certain extent. Yeah. You know, I don't want to say that that my dad's a, a bad person because he's not. You know, he'd give his shirt off his back to anybody. But I just kind of feel like that generation, they, they were raised different, mm-hmm. you know. So they kind of, you know, one thing that I've noticed in becoming a father is you tend to look at the way that you were raised and say, okay, this is the way that I'm going to raise my kids. Um, so I was kind of raised with an iron fist. Um, you know, I got disciplined uh pretty hard pretty hard man uh sometimes a lot worse than than i thought you know i thought uh sometimes the punishment was a lot worse than the crime Mm. and uh you know i didn't know that it was actually doing something to me inside uh uh, until i got married uh was married for eight years uh went through a divorce and uh i just you know, I just wasn't a good husband and I wasn't a very good father either. And it had a lot to do with the way that I was brought up, but I didn't know that, you know, my thing was always, um, and you, you know, she brought up like the counseling stuff before. And my thing was, and, and no offense to anybody that's listening. Um, but you know, I always used to say like, Oh, that's what white people do. Like mm. they go to counseling, Yeah, like, Hispanics, Latinos, we don't do that. We, we work on that in house. Yeah. But that could not be further from the truth. So, man, if you're out there and you feel like you like you need to get some help, go get it. Don't be Definitely. ashamed. Swallow your pride. Um, yes. I know that it's tough, especially as a man, yeah. uh, Latino, Hispanic. You know, we got this machismo and oh, you know, nothing can break us. And mm-hmm. dude, that that could not be further from the truth. Um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, man, it, it was tough, man. It really took a toll on me, and I didn't know until after I got my divorce. Um, what was going on, you know, it was easy for me to just say, well, it's all your fault. You know, I would project my stuff onto her, man. It's, it's, it's all your fault. You're the one that's making me this way. Or I'm angry because the things that you're telling me. Mm-hmm. And when I went through my divorce, I had to really stand in front of that mirror, man, that I think a lot of people are scared to do. Um, because when you look in that mirror, man, sometimes it can be real ugly. Yes. And, you know, I kind of, said, you know what, let's give this counseling thing a try. And I'm not going to lie, man, when I first went and did it, I did it because I wanted her to be like, oh, he's going to counseling. You know, we're going to work this out. Everything's going to be good. Mm. I wasn't doing it because of me. I wasn't doing it for me. I was doing it just so she could see that. Yeah. And, you know, you can't do those type of things like that. No, sir. You have to do them for the right reasons. Mm -hmm. And first and foremost, you have to do it for yourself. Yes, sir. Yeah. Because if, if you can't get yourself right, you, you're not going to get right for your family either, Mm -hmm. you know? So I went to counseling and I've still actually been going to counseling. Uh, I had a couple sessions last year and uh, man, you know, it's crazy how you can sit in front of a person that you've never met and they can tell you so much about yourself and just telling them a few words, not even telling them about your past, about anything. They can just dissect you. And, 
yeah, man, you know, he got, to, we got to talking and, um, yeah, he started bringing up some stuff about my pops and kind of the way that I was raised. And he was like, yeah, man, he's like, dude, you're, you've got some damage, man. And, mm. and you know, you need to, you need to heal yourself. Yeah. Um, because if not, this is going to be an ongoing cycle and, you know, God forbid I, I get into something else and hurt somebody else, mm-hmm. you know, um, definitely don't want to do that. Yeah. So, uh, that's kind of, uh, why I speak of like, you know, version 2.0. Um, and I really had to look into that mirror and, you know, look at that guy and say, you know, who, who are you and, and why are you like this? Yeah. Um, but I mean, it's, it, it's all part of growing, mm-hmm. you know? Yes, sir. And I think, I think a lot of people are, are afraid to take those steps to grow. Um, Mainly because I feel like people are afraid to hear that that the things that you're doing that you don't think are yeah. wrong are wrong. Yeah, and, and man, that, that's a that's a tough pill to swallow. That it is. really is, man. Yes, sir. No, it, it definitely is. Um, honestly, like one thing I've had to learn to do, because like, I everybody that I come in contact with, you know, people that I just meet, even that I've been friend with friends with for a long time, like I just I want to keep it just a hundred with you, whether with anything, you know, like if, if I have a problem, hey, this is what's going on, you know, can you help me? And yeah. in order to do that, like you have to get over yourself. Yeah. And you gotta be like, take all this pride off, everything off, get over yourself and be like, hey, I need help. Yeah. You know, and, and yes, it is tough, but at the end, it, it feels so much better. Yeah. So much better. Hey man, I, I feel like everybody carries uh, like this shield and armor. Yes. And and it's hard to take that off because it's scary to be vulnerable mm-hmm. and it's scary to let people into that side yeah. of you. But, you know, it's all part of growing and, and definitely a part of healing. Oh, yeah. Def- yes. You have yes. to you have to be able to take that armor off and you can't be you can't be hard on the inside always. No. I mean, on, on the outside. <laughs> no, not not at all, man. That's that's so good. Dang, that's so good. Yeah. That, wow. Yeah. Dude. I love that, man. Yes. Dude, <laughs> heck yeah. You know, um, and your relationship now with your dad, how is that? Is it is it a whole lot better? Or? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, man, we, we just, we didn't have a very good relationship. Honestly, me, me and my father just started getting close. Um, and, and, you know, and this is, it's probably sad, but I feel like, I mean, it had to take that course yeah. for us to get where we are now. But... Since, since I moved back from Connecticut probably 10 years ago, um, we've been building. And now, you know, with, with my son coming along, my son's coming along. Um, of course, you know, it just makes it that much better. Dude, yes. Got to enjoy all that with him. And, oh, man, it was just, it was amazing, man. Honestly, um, you know, I wouldn't change anything uh, about my past at all. Even knowing the things that I know now about how my past affected me, I don't think that I would change anything because I feel like the things that I went through with him actually made us closer in the last 10 years than probably a lot of people with mm. their dads. Yeah. Um, you know, but yeah, man, uh, it, it's good now. It's great. Um, I see him uh, just about every other weekend uh, when I can, when I'm free, I, I like to go down there and have dinner you know, we talk about work and stuff. He works in the old field. So, you know, I, I kind of get to pick his brain about it now. Yeah. You know, honestly, I'm kind of like living my youth now with him. Mm. Uh, the things that I was afraid to ask him, 
when I was little uh, because of the relationship that we had and the turmoil that there was. Now I get to experience all that stuff with him. Yeah. And and honestly, I feel like like we both enjoy it. Like it, we can we're both reliving my youth mm. e- even today. Yeah, it, it's awesome, man. Uh, it puts a smile on my face. Uh, I, I know that my boys see that relationship uh, with he and I. And now I have that with my boys as well, because, you know, going through the divorce, like I said, I wasn't I wasn't the best dad. Mm. And uh, probably the worst thing that almost happened with my divorce, not only losing my wife, but almost losing my boys uh, because they're so young. Yeah. You know, and they and they saw a lot of that stuff and they were kind of in that age range where they were like, OK, this is kind of getting a little bit, you know. And it, it's taken it's taken a lot, man. And, mm-hmm. and you know, I'm not embarrassed to say um, that, you know, I, I get my kids every other weekend. And this past weekend was the first time that they stayed the night with me since my divorce. And, and we've been split up and divorced for I guess almost going on like two years oh, okay. since she's moved out. So they've been coming every weekend with me. And th- this past weekend was the first time that they've. So, man, we're, we're moving mountains. We're moving yeah, mountains. And, uh, you know, it, it, it's just a process that I got to go through. So I'm not I'm not even mad. You know, I feel like it's a milestone that I've achieved with them. Just getting them comfortable again to that place. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, you know, not 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 only that, but that shows me that they can see that I'm actually changing mm-hmm. enough to be like, Hey, okay. You know, yeah. getting comfortable. So yeah, man, I, I love it. I love it. And uh, I think I feel like a lot of the relationship that I have with my dad now also, um, it's been helping out with my relationship with my boys because, uh, not only do we talk about stuff like reliving the youth, but you know, get tips on dad stuff too. Yeah. And, and that's always fun. Man. Oh man. I, I can't wait to get there. Yeah. I cannot. You have two boys. I have two boys. How are they? Uh, Eleven and seven. Eleven and seven. Yeah, man, and they're just like you, you with the kicks too. Yes, man. Um, my oldest and my youngest. Um, I actually bought them their first pair of retro sneakers. Uh, this uh, it wasn't for Christmas. So when they started school back, uh, when they came out of virtual, yeah, I, I blessed them and. Uh, <laughs> created some monsters yeah yeah they probably know more about sneakers than i do now and i don't know that that's a good thing yeah yeah because i'm the one with the money so (laughs) they they don't really understand what the money uh side of the shoes is they just know that hey these are cool cool shoes and but they don't know that they're so expensive yes sir but yeah yeah, man you know it's fun because we get to bond over stuff like that so um i want uh you had said you moved to connecticut at what age did you move to connecticut uh i don't remember how old i was probably 24 and what did you do like why did you want to move over there was this college or no so when i was in college um and i got a smile on my face because uh i kind of I, don't, I, I always say this jokingly, but I kind of pioneered the whole online dating. So I met this girl on MySpace when I was... MySpace? Yes, oh, MySpace. Wow. Dude, so yeah, that, shout out to Tom. <laughs> um, yeah, I met this girl on MySpace. Um, ended up uh, falling in love with her. She was supposed to move down to Lubbock uh, to go to school, finish out school. And her parents talked her into staying in Connecticut. So it, it was kind of like... 
we either keep doing this long distance thing or move up there. Mm -hmm. So I packed all my stuff, stayed with my parents for a month just to enjoy that time. And my mom took me to the airport. I got on a plane on a one-way ticket to Connecticut and I uh, was over there for seven years before I came back. So, wow. or yeah, seven, six, seven years. But uh, yeah, man, it was, it was crazy. Um, growing up in Denver city, you know, I think when I graduated high school population was like 5,500 people to move into Connecticut, going to New York on the weekends, you know, 20 million people in a 14 square mile radius in, in the island of Manhattan. It's just, Talk about a culture shock. Oh, I bet. It I was, bet. oh man, it was just, it was crazy. It was crazy. I, I've never, I've never been around any other people other than Mexican, whites, or African Americans. And mm -hmm. it was like, you know, you see somebody uh, dark skin and you think he's African American. And then you talk to him and he replies to you in Spanish and you're like, whoa. <laughs> Yeah. What's going on here? Like, yeah. you speak Spanish? And, yeah, I'm Dominican. Like, that's all I speak. And you're like, whoa. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. All walks of life over there. Mm -hmm. um, it was nice, though. It was, it's beautiful. Uh, very beautiful. What did you do over there? Like, as a job? I worked in a uh, food distribution warehouse. Okay. So... I think they have one, uh, not in this area, but like north of Lubbock. I think it's called Cisco. So they basically carry all the stuff that the grocery stores need. Mm. So the grocery stores will place an order with them, you know, and get their canned corn and yeah. dog food and cereal. And we would take them and put them on pallets. And we'd build them up seven feet high. And, you know, it honestly, it was basically just a workout and hanging out with friends for 12 hours a day. It's like affiliated foods. Yeah. yeah, yeah, just like I that. I did the exact same thing. For just like that. Food. Yeah, look at that. So you already know that. <laughs> yes, man. It was it was fun, man. You Honestly, you I I enjoyed it mm. um, because, like I said, it was a workout. Yeah, um, Connecticut in the summertime is probably the hottest place that I've been to, and not because of the temperature, but because of humidity. Mm. I mean, it only gets like I remember my first day in Connecticut. It was July seventh. Uh, I want to say it was 2004 and um, I remember being in the hotel and there there's a like a news flash like a weather flash type thing flashes across and a lady comes on the screen and she's like you need to put your dogs inside and bring your plants inside whatever you have inside that you don't want to die bring it inside and I'm thinking oh my god what is going on and she's like it's gonna be 99 today and I'm like that's nothing <laughs> Like that's nothing. Yeah. That's a that's a cold day in Texas in the summer, you know. But the humidity. I mean, sometimes it was so thick that you could literally cut it with a knife. I mean, it it's the middle of the afternoon. There's no clouds in the sky, and it's just foggy because it's so humid. Dang. Yeah. I mean, it's it's bad. So imagine if it's like that outside. You're inside of a warehouse. It's mm. made of tin. No insulation. You know, they have ACs and stuff, but yeah, they can't keep up. You know, it's 160 degrees in that warehouse and you've got basketball shorts on a tank top and you got steel toe shoes and you're running around. You know, you have to build these pallets in in a time. You know, there's yeah. a time constraint yeah. there. 
So you have to do it in that time in order to be efficient for them to pay you more money. You know? mm-hmm. And man, we would look at people's uh, ID badges from when they started. And, you know, they got the little pudgy face. And <laughs> you look at them now and they're like 80 pounds down. And you're like, Dude, this is the best diet there is, you know. Yeah. Uh, but it was fun, man. It was fun. Like I said, 12 hours of working out, basically running mm-hmm. around. But at the same time, cutting up with your buddies. Um you know, I didn't, obviously I didn't know anybody mm-hmm. when I moved up there. Yeah. Uh, I only knew her. Uh, so I had to meet and I had to make friends, which I've never had a problem doing that. But um, yeah, man, I met some very interesting people from places that, you know, I, I've never even knew about. Mm. So yeah, man, it, it was, it was, it was fun. It was fun, man. I, honestly, I feel like if I wouldn't have, if I didn't have kids and I would have gone through through a divorce and there was more work because that was the only downside to Connecticut mm-hmm. is they're very limited on on the work that you can find up there. Yeah. And uh, especially considering what your degree is, um, you know, most of the people that live in Connecticut work in Manhattan. You know, oh, OK. They, uh, stock traders or whatever they do. Uh, management, architects, stuff like that. You mm. know, they work in the city and they live in Connecticut just to kind of get like that out of town feel or whatever, I guess. But um, when the recession hit in 2008, man, it was just, it was bad. It was real bad. I mean, there was people, I, I couldn't even give you a number, but just an unrealistic amount of people that lost their, their jobs that day that, you know, everything kind of went bad. Yeah. And, um, yeah, man, it was tough. Uh, lucky for me, I was blessed enough to last another uh, year before I, my number was actually called. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, by that point, I had already broke up with the girl that I chased up there. So I had always told my mom, like, you know, because I had told her, I'd always told her when I went up there, I said, if this ever doesn't work out between her and I, I'm coming back home because there's nothing else for me up here. Yeah. But I didn't know that I was going to land this job and I was going to be making really good money. So whenever the relationship was dissolved, then she was immediately come back home. Come on, come back home. And I was like, man, I got like a good job. I'm enjoying my life out here. I'm single. I don't have no kids. You know, by that point, I was like 25 years old, you know, going to New York on the weekends and, um, so I was just like, you know what? I'm just going to ride it out. Oh, yeah. And yeah. we'll ride the bus till the wheels fall off. And when they do, you know, I'll jump on another bus and go back home. So I did that, man. Uh, I lasted another year or so. And, uh, yeah, when my number was finally called, uh, I still try to stick around. I try to look for work, but, man, there just wasn't anything. I mean, I must have called 100 places because I was determined to stay. Yeah. I, I just I really enjoyed it. By that time, I had already been there five, six years. And I was like, dude, like, I like it here. I really do. It's it's not a bad place to live other than, you know, the cost of living mm-hmm. because that is just crazy. Over there? Yeah. Um, it's the second highest tax state in the U.S. aside from California. So the taxes are ridiculous. Mm. Um, they have some crazy laws. Um, one, one cool law that they have, uh, which I kind of, I didn't even know was a thing. Like I saw a plaque in the grocery store, but I didn't know. I thought it was like somebody had just put it up there. But apparently in Connecticut, if you take something up to the register and there's a price tag on it where you picked it up, if it's run, 
if it's rung up and it doesn't match the price that's on there, you get it for free. <laughs> what? Yes. Oh, wow. Even if it's 10, 20 items of that same item, yeah. you get everything for free. Oh, wow. So, hey, okay, wait. So, did you did you take off the sticker? No. Did you take off no. the sticker? Don't lie. Don't no, lie. no. So, you know, going from college and, you know, the college eating habits, which I'm sure you're aware of, you know, ramen noodles. And, and my favorite thing to eat was those, uh, and I don't even know what the brand is. So I might be saying this wrong, but I want to say it was like Olay. And it's like these little frozen burritos. They come in these little bags and they're like different colors. Think, yeah. You get them like at Walmart. Okay. They're like, I don't know, like a dollar sometimes. I don't know. Um, I had went to Walmart one time and I got like every single flavor. And there's probably like 20 of them, like no joke. And they rung up wrong to what they were, where they were at. So I talked her. And I mean, because there was 20. She yeah. was like, well, wait a minute. Like, okay, we need to like. Let me get somebody to check. And sure enough, the kid comes back and he's like, yeah. He's like, that price over there is like $2.49 and they had rung up for like five bucks. So I got all 20 for free. Oh, dang Dude, it. I came back the next day and hit them again. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I had to because I liked eating them. And I knew that it was wrong. So I figured, man, if I come again, maybe they haven't changed them mm -hmm. yet. Whatever. Yeah, man, they still hadn't changed still, them. And wow. she was like, you were here yesterday, weren't you? And I was like, man, I'm not going to lie. I was. <laughs> she was like, okay, but this is the last time. Like, we're about to change them right now. I'm about to call management. Dang it. Yeah. But it's literally anything in wow. a grocery store, in a Walmart, anything that sells, like, food, mm -hmm. even, like, the bodegas and stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If it rings up a different price than what it's listed at, you get it for free. Dude, so, that is crazy. It is, man. But for the cost of living, I guess it's like a little, like a kickback yeah. that you get, yeah. I guess. Oh, man. Back then, I'd probably be... I'm going to take this price tag off. I'm going to switch. <laughs> and then I'd probably do this. Like, I never man. thought about doing that, but I mean, yeah, I guess. Wow. Whatever makes yeah. you happy. See, man, that, that is crazy. That's pretty cool to know, though. I I, I would have never known that. I didn't know, know that. that at all. I didn't know. I tell you, I saw the sign. I saw the sign. It was like in a cereal section and they had a sign there. And I kind of just kind of like skimmed through it, but I didn't really understand what it was saying. I was kind of like, I was like, man, maybe it's like talking about coupons or something. You got, if you have a coupon, yeah. you can get something for free and, until it rung up. And even then I was like, what? what do you mean the milk's free? And she's like, yeah, it's for free. And I'm like, what? How is that? Then she explained it to me. And I'm like, on anything, she said, anything in the store. If it rings up the price that's not listed, you get man, it for free. It. I was like. Okay. No. Okay. I'll be back tomorrow. Yeah, really. Right. Yeah. I'll be back same I'll be, time. Yeah. <laughs> but I won't be coming to you. I'm gonna go to the next one. Mm -hmm. You don't work tomorrow, right? <laughs> yeah. Dang it, man. Yeah. Oh, that, that's that's pretty sweet, man. Yeah. We're gonna have to go to Connecticut. I'm telling you, just go grocery shopping. Yeah, just go grocery. Just like ring this, and and you know you kind of almost want to look for those things that are in the house and make sure nobody's looking. Like, oh yeah. Put about 30 of these <laughs> yeah. in the basket, you know, yeah. so you can get them for free. Oh, man. <laughs> that, yeah, that would, man, that's pretty cool. I like that. Yeah, Texas should have a law like that. I'm telling you. Or Seminole. I'll say yeah. Seminole. You might have to talk to the mayor or something like that. Huh? Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I don't know the mayor, but that'd be pretty cool. <laughs> um, okay, you get home, like, after that, you, you go home, right? I, I, I was going to ask if you ended up marrying this girl, but you just said no. You know. 
Split up. So we split up six months after I got there. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, lived in a hotel. Oh, you lived in a hotel for, for six, six months. months. Yeah. Wow. So if you can imagine the stress of living in a hotel, she's having to pick me up to take me to work. So it was kind of stress on, on both sides. And I feel like we were still both too young to fast forward into that type of situation, mm -hmm. you know, because before the relationship was great, but because there wasn't any stress being put on there. Yeah. So then now you have all this and it's kind of like, hey, like I depend on you. You know, I got a job. I'm working good money, you know, making good money, working good hours. And it's just it was too much. Mm -hmm. It was too much stress. Um, so, yeah, I come back home uh, 2009, early 2010. And uh, yeah, man, uh, reconnect with my ex-wife well she's my ex-wife now but reconnect with her uh i actually met her uh when she was 14 and i was 19. i came home my freshman year or sophomore year in, in college i can't remember uh for christmas and uh, me and a friend of mine i picked him up he was still in school and we were kind of riding around you know small town living riding around on the drag whatever yeah and uh I don't, I don't think they do that still, do they? No, I don't. No. Not, These kids no. are probably like on the game, on the game, yeah. with a headset and Dude, exactly. killing each other and whatnot. But yeah. you know, back then we used to burn gas mm. uh, when it was what a dollar twenty-five a gallon yeah. or seventy-five cents a gallon. Yeah. I think when I graduated high school, and uh, my sister called me and she's like, "Hey, we're at a house party, and uh, you know, if you're not doing anything, you should come over." So I'm like, "All right." So I show up, and it's just my sister. And my ex-wife and I'm like, I thought y'all were at a house party. And they're like burning CDs. You remember? <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, Dang downloading it. illegal music, which don't do that, by the way, kids. Uh, it's, <laughs> yeah, don't pirate music. It's very illegal. Back then, you know, it wasn't. You know, you had LimeWire and BearShare. Oh, always. man. You know, I'm talking about the good days. Dude. The good days. Yes. Um, yeah, so, you know, we're burning CDs, and I'm bringing CDs from the car. You know, I had one of those big books that probably had 200 Man. CDs, and they're all blank. You don't even know what's on what mm -hmm. until you play, and you're like, oh, I remember. Yeah. Okay, I know which one this was. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, man, I met her that night, and we just kind of, you know, throughout the years kept in contact. Even when I was in Connecticut, uh, we kept in contact through social media, obviously. And uh, when I moved back... Um, you know, she kind of reached out and was like, hey, I heard you moved back. And, man, I tried forever to take this girl on a date, man. Even, like, when I would come down from Connecticut, I would try to arrange to to make a time to meet up and hang out with her. And, man, she curbed me every single time. Mm. So when I moved back, you know, she called me and was like, hey, I heard you moved back in town. And I was like, there's no opportunity. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I got you now. And, uh, yeah, man, we started hanging out and uh, I guess a year and a half in, uh, asked her to marry me and got engaged and got married and stuff. So, Dude. yeah. Heck yeah. How old were you when you got married? Um, 26. No, 27, I think. I don't even remember, man. It's been so long. Yeah. yeah probably 27. Yeah, I was tw like 27. Mm. About to turn 28. Okay. Yeah. And so not that young, but yeah, no, I mean, yeah, it, it, and then 
you stayed in Denver City or the job? Uh, we ended somewhere. up, uh, so I ended up moving in with her in Hobbs and we lived there for a little bit and then uh, we came and, and stayed in uh, Denver City. Uh, I was working in Denver City for a little bit and then uh, we moved uh, to Seminole. Uh, her family's from here. Okay. So we moved here and uh, I've been here now like nine years. Okay. Eight or nine years. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Heck yeah. And um, so like you had said that y'all's marriage was a little rough, you know, at, at, yeah. at what point in the marriage did, uh, like, did all this happen, you know, um, that you knew, like, pretty much, I guess what I'm trying to say, like, what what, what happened? Uh, so about, and you know, I mean, you know, you're married. Mm-hmm. Uh, they always say the first year is always the hardest. Yeah. Um, I don't think we'd even made it through our first year when we had, we had separated. I had moved out. Um, you know, and it was just like I said, it all stemmed back to me just not being a very good husband. And, and you know, I don't, when I refer to that, I don't mean like I was, I guess I was, I was abusive, but, you know, and again, with my words, mm. um, it was never physical, anything like that. Um, it was just mainly um, with my words, the way that I spoke to her, um, I sh- you know, should never, yeah. should never speak to, especially not your wife. Yes. Sir. Um, and then, you know, I, I had anger problems from, you know, stemming back from the way that the things that I had with my dad, you know, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, man, I was just really short fused. Um, even looking back now, I'm just like, man, really? Like, that's what made you mad? Like, um, you know, I used to, I never had like Playstations and stuff growing up. Uh, I had a Nintendo uh, when they first came out, mm. my parents bought it for us for Christmas. And of course, my sister was too young still. But me and my mom, we used to play that thing all the time. And uh, man, she was the best one at Nintendo. I Your mom? Yeah, she figured out how to like, I can't, and I can't remember what stage it was, but she figured out how to jump on the turtle and just keep jumping where you can get like, I mean, do you, you had so many lives that it got past numbers. It was just like <laughs> symbols, you know? And I'm like, <laughs> Like, you can never run out of, like, I guess, I don't know if it was a glitch in the game or what it was, but, yeah. Um, So, I never really had that. So, whenever, like, I got married, she got me, like, a PlayStation, I think it was, like, a 3. I think I got it back in Connecticut, and I brought it with me. And, man, I used to play the game, and I just, there was a stage that I couldn't pass. And, I mean, it would just make me so angry. I would slam the remote, and if you have game system, then you know how much a remote costs. And I'm, like just burning through $50 at a time, you know, just slamming these remotes. And I laugh now. It's not funny. It is funny now, but you yeah, know, back, yeah. back then it was, it wasn't funny, but um, yeah, man, I was just a angry person. Um, I didn't know, you know, like I said, I was so used to always using my words and, and not in a positive way. They always had a negative, uh, you know, back to them. And it kind of carried over into my marriage. And, you know, I just said a lot of things that I should have said. Uh, most of them were out of anger. But even then, you can still control what comes out of your mouth yeah. even when you're angry, you know. Um, it was very hard for me to take a step back, take a deep breath. It was just always act on anger. Just whatever comes to my mind, that's what I'm telling you. And mm-hmm. it was never good. Um, so, yeah, man, we split up. 
Uh, man, it wasn't even into a year of marriage, and we were we were split up for like eight months, man. Um, at this point, so my oldest son, she already had him. Uh, whenever I met her, he was six weeks old, and um, you know she was like, "I'm gonna move," and you know what she had every right to. You know, I didn't have any rights to my son at the time. I couldn't be like, no, like, that's my son. You're not going anywhere. And, uh, man, it it was bad. It got, it got bad there for a while. We were, yeah, for like eight months, man. I was living with my mom for eight months. And, um, we slowly started getting back into like a groove and, you know, hanging out again and talking and stuff. And, um, then, uh, we ended up getting pregnant with my youngest son and uh, I was kind of like, well, I'm about to get a house, so you're either going to move in with me or not. And uh, she was like, okay, let's give it another try. And uh, man, she gave me so many chances, probably more than I deserved. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just, you know, and it's not the fact that I didn't try. It was simply that I didn't know that anything was wrong with me. Mm-hmm. So I was like, what do I need to fix? Yeah. Like, what do I need to fix? There's nothing wrong with me. If anything, it's going back to her. It's the way that you're telling me things that are making me upset. You know, that's why I'm reacting the way that I'm reacting. Mm. And, um, which couldn't have been any more false, you know? Um, so yeah, it was just, you know, she would tell me you need to work on yourself and you need to get better. Yeah. 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 I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And I never did because I didn't know anything was wrong. You can't fix something that you don't know is broke. Yeah. So, you know, unfortunately, it took me getting a divorce and her finally putting her foot down and saying, you know what? I'm not going to go through this anymore with you. And I'm sure as heck not going to put my kids through this. Yeah. Either. So, um, yeah, me and my oldest, man, we didn't we didn't have a very good relationship. Not at all. Mm. Um, you know. I kind of feel like, you know, I used to use the excuse that um, he's not mine. So, like, I, I don't feel that love. And, you know, and it really, and I say in it, it was an excuse, but I don't, I don't really feel like it was too much of an excuse because it, it's hard, you know, especially when you're young. You know, I never really even thought about having kids. I had just came back from Connecticut, you know, living my best life before living your best life was a thing. Mm. Um, you know, I, having kids was the last thing on my mind. Getting married was the last thing on my mind. Like when I met this girl again and we started hanging out, like that wasn't even a thought in my head. Like I'm going to end up marrying this girl. I never thought that till later on, mm-hmm. you know? So even like getting thrown into the being a, a dad deal, yeah. you know, it was kind of like, whoa, you know? Yeah. Um, Same here. Um, yeah. Uh, my oldest, 16, she she is not mine, mm-hmm. um, but now, like now she is. Like I, so when people talk or when I mention her, like this is my daughter. Yeah. You know, and I I actually met, she was two whenever I met my, my wife. So I, kn- I know the feeling, you know, and it, it, it can be a little rough for yeah. sure, man, but. No, I I know the feeling, man. Yeah. It's just, it's kind of a, you know, and and I say young. I wasn't even that young. But it, I, I feel like it's just a kind of a hard concept to put your, to grasp. Mm-hmm. Um, because you're not ready for that, you know. If you don't already feel like, man, I can't wait to be a dad. That wasn't me. 
that wasn't me at the time. It was I was still like, I'm gonna talk to this girl and we're gonna date and whatever happens happens. Yeah. But if people were to ask me like, do you think you'll you know are you ready to settle down? I'd be like, no. Oh. My plans were to come back to Texas, work, stack money up, and go back to Connecticut. That was always my plan. You know, God just had a different plan for me. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you know, we didn't, I didn't have the best relationship with him. Um, you know, it's sad to say, but I never really treated him like he was mine. I always used to say, oh, that's my son, you know, just because it sounded cool. Yeah. But I never really treated him like that. Um so, yeah, towards the end of our marriage is when I finally started getting like, okay, honestly, after I had my son, because then I felt that, you know, that instant love yeah. that people tell you about. But until you experience that, you don't know what that feels like. Mm-hmm. Just like when people say, how did you know that, you know, when you met your wife and you thought and you knew that that was going to be your wife, like, how did you know? And people always say, man, you just know. Yeah. You know, and I, I never, that was never a thought in my mind till one day I was coming back from, I was in Roswell doing some training. I was working for rent center and I was in Roswell doing some training and I had taken my car cause I was running late. So I didn't get to go with everybody else in the company vehicle. So I was taking, I took my car on the way back. I'm listening to my burn CDs, you know, and Brad Paisley comes on and I, I can't remember what it was. I think it was like everything or something. And, uh, you know, the chorus starts and I'm just like listening to the song and I'm driving and next thing you know, tears are coming out of my eyes and I'm like, what's going on? Like, dude, why are you crying right now? Like, what? <laughs> you know, like what's going on with you? Yeah. And that's when I knew that she was going to be my wife. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously I didn't know that we were going to end up getting a divorce, but in that moment, yeah, I was like, this is what people talk about. So when I had my son, I had that same epiphany. This is what people talk about, you know? Cause I always thought like, how do you know, like to be a dad, like mm. people, there's millions of books that you can read, but like there has some people just, you know, and when you have a kid, it's just automatic. Yeah. Yes, sir. It's like, God's like, but yeah. you're a dad now. Mm-hmm. It's then, an amazing feeling. Yeah, it is yeah. because you're looking at this little thing and you know, it's all purple and it's covered in this weird goo. And you're just like, I love this. Yes. You don't even have a name yet, but I love you. And that's such a crazy feeling. Mm -hmm. So after I had my, my youngest, my son, my biological is when I started. Okay. Now I'm starting to feel this with my oldest. It still wasn't that great. Um, till after our divorce, we didn't actually have a, a good relationship. Honestly, um, and he always had a different last name. So when my youngest got old enough to where he could play sports, you know, my oldest is a little bit older than my youngest, you know, by four years. So he's kind of like, you know, one day we get to the fields and I think they were playing flag football at the time. And we get to the fields and he kind of looks over and he's like, Dad. I said, yeah. He said, why is Bubba's last name different than my last name on my shirt? So then it was kind of like, now we got to have to talk with him. Mm-hmm. And man, it just, 
when we kind of told him because his, his dad has always been absent well he's not his dad we won't call him that but just for lack of better term we'll just yeah. say you know the, the guy that helped make him um, he was always absent he never uh, he like tried to come in but never like never made visitation none of that so he didn't know mm-hmm. you know he didn't know he always knew me as dad so he was kind of like like what's going on he always knew that his last name was Rodriguez because he was in school he had to write it yeah but when my son was born he was like oh wait a minute why is this dude's last name not Rodriguez and then he was kind of like well what's yours last name and I told him Loya well what's mom's last name Loya oh man you can just see it in his eyes and that was kind of the moment that I was like like, I really do love this kid. Like, I do. And it's not the same love that I have for my son, that love that's just kind of bestowed upon you. But I feel like it's an even better love because it's a love that grew, you know? It's not one that you just kind of magically had. It was one that grew from something, mm-hmm. you know? And, uh, you know, we made it official, uh, I think it was that year in September, uh, his... The guy that helped make him uh, was signing over his rights and was like, you know what? Let's go ahead and adopt him. Yeah. You know, she was already going through the legal process of uh, having his rights signed over. So that was a perfect time. And even the lawyer was like, if you're going to do it right now, is the time to do it. So she waived all the legal fees and I have to pay anything other than what was already paid for her services to go through the whatever that cancellation is called and uh, or termination of rights. And now we went to court for termination of rights and had the adoption the very same day, had his name changed and everything. So he's always been part of the family. Yeah. Uh, even the first time, even the first time we took him to El Paso to see my family and, and her, her meet my family for the first time. I mean, we came with a package deal. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So we yeah. showed up and hey, I'm introducing y'all to my girlfriend. And, and by the way, I, she's got a baby. And they were like, when did you have a kid? Like, we didn't even know you had a kid. You know, he it's crazy because he looks a lot like me and my youngest son. Yeah, like I've seen pictures and I mean, nobody ever known. Nobody. Know. Even when we got up there, my grandma was like, I don't like this. I don't like that you lied to me. And my mom and dad were like, no, he's he's not Gil's son. He's like he they, he didn't have him. And she's like, no, y'all are lying to me. Y'all are lying. To me. She's like, he looks just like him. Everybody in my family said that. So when we made it official, they were still playing football. Mm. So I guess this was like another the next uh, season. So we went and had him another jersey made with the with last name Loya, and you know, kind of gave me, oh hey, by the way, we got because he's like, where's my jersey at? Like, I need my jersey. Of course, by this time, I think he, it was still like kind of in the back of his mind, but it had kind of like, it kind of worn off. You know, kids. Yeah. It's, it hurts them at first, and then they're kind of like, oh, uh, squirrel. Yeah. And uh, so by that time, he was kind of numb to it, I guess. Mm. And, you know, we kind of gave him the jersey. And, man, he teared up. I teared up. My parents teared. Everybody was tearing up. Uh, and, you know, it, it was awesome. Um, so going back to, to that um when went to the divorce, um, how, how, how long were y'all married? For, oh God. Well, I can't get in trouble for it now. 
if I don't remember, but like <laughs> seven or eight years. Yeah, yeah you won't get trouble. So we'll just say seven. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. So seven, and um, yeah, man, I had a I had a really tough time with him. Honestly, I felt like you know, and she even told me like, "Hey, look, like I understand if you don't want to, you know, I mean." Mm-hmm. But I was like, I I didn't like change his name for no reason. I'm yeah. like, just I can't abandon him. You know, yeah. there, there's no way. How am I how am I gonna look showing up to pick up my youngest, and my oldest is like, why why am I not going? Like, yes, you know he's gone through enough already. Mm-hmm. Why put him through war? So you know, thank God that now me and my oldest actually have a way better relationship you know, than me and my youngest. Me and my youngest still have a relationship. Oh, yeah. You know? I yeah. mean, that always going to be there. Yeah. But yeah. he's kind of a mama's boy. He's just like his dad. He's a mama's boy. And my oldest is kind of like, you know, he's, I'm the cool dad now because I got cool sneakers. So, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Dude, yeah. Man, oh, I need to see the red. You said you had 45 pair? Yeah, 45 probably. Yeah. And and I mean that that's like that's like every sneaker that I have though. Like just probably like retros and stuff like that. Um I don't know, probably like maybe twenty-five or twenty-six pairs. Yeah. Man. Um, yeah, I probably shouldn't be admitting to that, but <laughs> I mean, you know, it, it is what it is. I feel like yeah. growing up the way that I grew up, man. You had one pair of shoes. Yes. And that was for school and for church. Yes. So when you came home, you had to take those shoes off. And they were not to be worn unless you were going to church or going back to school. So last year's pair was what you were going to run around in. Mm -hmm. You know, so I never had Jordans like growing up. You know, and I don't know how it was in Seminole or wherever you grew up. I don't think you're from here. No, I'm I'm Florida. So, oh, well, Floyd Aid is probably the same. Yeah, we probably played against each other. I know, that's what I was thinking, yeah. Um, you know, when, like, before you get to varsity, if you want to have the, the team shoes, you have to pay for them. I never had those team shoes because my parents couldn't afford them. Mm-hmm. And maybe they could. My dad was just probably cheap, honestly. But um, I never had those. So when we went to go school shopping, I worked from the time that I was 12 years old till I got out of school every summer hoeing in the fields oh, yes i and remember that it was yeah. a pain in the butt it really was i remember you know, getting promoted though to sprayer oh yeah yeah the but, promotion that i received was you got to draw the lines for everybody when they came out okay you're in this one you're in this one <laughs> yeah, you're in this one and you're in this one and that was only because my aunt was a plug you know she was the one that took everybody out so i had a little special treat yeah you know oh, man. and uh but yeah so i did that so it was kind of like and I, man, you know, and I always tell my mom, even to this day, I'm like, you used to keep half my money. I know you did. I know you did. Cause I felt like I would make like thousands of dollars in the summer. And then when it came to school shopping, she's like, you have $300 to spend on school clothes. Yeah. You know, and, and growing up in Denver city, um, you know, back then Doc Martens were in, mm-hmm. uh, Tommy Hilfiger. Tommy Hilfiger. Yeah. So, you know, it, typically what my mom could afford, my parents could afford was like bells, you know, silver tab jeans, eyes mm. uh, on uh, polo oh. shirts. Yeah. And, you know, so she would buy like the game clothes stuff, like the slacks and the long sleeves 
and the ties and stuff. And then my money would go towards like my everyday wear. So of course I had to fit in. So I had to have my Doc Martens, which were like what, 200 yeah, bucks probably. Man, yeah, they were and expensive. Something like yeah, that. They, they were probably expensive. 220 maybe. Um, and then, you know, I had to have Tommy Hilfiger. So I had like one pair of Tommy Hilfiger pants that I wore every day of the week. Mm-hmm. And then like four shirts that I would alternate between. And then that was it because that's all, that's as far as I could stretch <laughs> that 300. Dude, you know, yeah. and she would just tell me like, if you just go to Bell's, you can get like five pants and like 20 shirts and you can have a whole month's worth of wardrobe. Mm-hmm. But nope. I had to have my Tommy Hilfiger and my good cologne and all that. Oh, dude, so the, yeah, the cologne. The Tommy Hilfiger clone. I remember that too. That's a classic. Dude. I don't even think they make that anymore. I don't know. I have, no, I have not seen it, but to look. that curve and uh, you remember candies? Candies, dude. I found some candies uh, probably five years ago. I actually had a bet with one of the, the foremans that I was working with. I was working in Cayenosa, and we were talking about that one day because he's right around the same age. And he's like, yeah, man, I used to have this cologne that was like in a green bottle that kind of like turned blue. And I was like, candies. And he's like, yeah. He's like, dude, that cologne right there was a was a killer one. <laughs> and I was like, dude, I bet I could find that. And he was like, man, if you find it, he's like, I'll buy it. And whatever I buy, I'll buy it for you. He's like, because I don't think you're going to find it. He's like, they don't make it anymore. They haven't made it in years. Man, I got on it because I'm the Google master. Yeah, bro, I Google anything, dude. I got on Google and boom, I found them. Like here they are, but they're the little like oh yeah, like probably that. sample ones mm-hmm. I'm guessing. And yeah, dude, he bought like twenty little bottles, so he bought twenty for him, twenty for me. Dang. I still have some, and man, I'm like sparingly, you know, just a <laughs> yeah. little dab here, and I'm like, that's gonna have oh, to be enough because man, they ain't making this stuff no more. Dang it's it. good stuff, man. Some candies. Yeah, candies. Dude, taking it back. I, man, I have not heard that in a long time. Like, just, wow. <laughs> People are listening and be like, what y'all yeah, talking like, about? Candies. Like, man. But if you're listening and you know candies, then you know what we're talking about. Because, man, yeah. that scent was, <laughs> man, I, I'm telling you, that was a lady killer right there. Some candies. Yeah, you know, I, I know we're kind of going to go off topic. Yeah, kinda, yeah. but uh, your relationship with your ex—how is that like right now? It's good, man. Mm-hmm. It's good. Um, yeah, man. We communication is there. I mean, we still, you know, every now and then we have our little yeah. miscues and stuff. But I, I feel like that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but for the most part, man, it, it's good. It's good yeah. um, for me and my boys. I, I think it's a, it's a good setup. And has she seen the change in you? Uh, or notice maybe I feel like in the beginning I had asked her you know um, but I, I feel like it was still kind of too early for me to even be asking those type of questions yeah um, but I mean she would say yeah so I guess I don't, I don't know she was just saying that so I'd be quiet probably but I, I don't really know um, the one that I really uh, is is my ex-mother-in-law my mother-in-law um and she actually's still like even more cool with me now than before, mm. which I find is amazing because our relationship was oil and water. It was man. very bad, man. Yeah. It was very bad. Yeah, uh, I said some things to her that were very bad, and if my parents knew, I'd probably get a spanking. Like they were that bad. Oh wow! And um, yeah, man. So you know, I said that um, I went and reached out to people. So part of my therapy was 
to reach out to my past and and kind of right my wrongs mm. at, at least ask for forgiveness yeah for my peace of mind you know even if it didn't bring anything else out of it but to bring peace of mind for me and part of my healing and man she was a tough one uh i actually saved her for last um mm. you know for many reasons for mm. one because of the things that i had said i'm telling you they were just so bad um and two I didn't wanna I didn't wanna ask her for forgiveness and tell her how I felt and that I was sorry and remorseful for the things that I had said to her and the things that I had done to her daughter and my kids, you know, because yeah. she was there for a lot of that stuff. Um, she's really close to my kids and she watches my kids a lot and she does a lot for my kids, you know. So for me to say the things that I said to her was very, very off cue. Mm-hmm. And, you know. I just, I waited till I'm, you know, basically she told me that she was done. Okay. There's no working this out. I'm going to do my thing. You do your thing. Yeah, that's it. And because I didn't want it to, I didn't want it to seem ungenuine. Mm-hmm. I didn't want it to seem like this is my Hail Mary that I'm throwing here, oh, trying yeah. to get back in the game. So I waited till the end and I spoke with her and man, we, we had a, a crying session in my truck outside of her place. And it was good, man. Honestly, out of all the ones that I had, even with people from my past, when I spoke with her and said my piece to her, man, I swear I felt that weight being lifted off my shoulders. And man. I was like, Ooh, man, I needed that. I think I don't want to say that that was the final step that I needed to finally get where I'm going because I'm still not 100%. I don't feel like I, I'm ever going to be 100%. I still I still have those issues. And even even now, I, I find myself getting angry and I'm by, I live by myself now. My kids aren't with me. And I'm just like, bro, all this hard work for just this little thing. You know, and I, I but now, you know, I have, I know the, the I have the mechanics now because mm-hmm. the my counselor, gave me tools, you know, to put in my tool bag so that when these things pop up, I know that now I just kind of got to step back from whatever I'm doing, take a deep breath or go to the gym or jump on my bike or, you know, whatever, pedal it out and okay, regroup and then let's try it again. Yeah. So yeah, man, it was, it, it, it was tough. It was tough. Uh, especially, especially with her, you know, just because I know that, man, when I said those things, so I'll, I'll tell, I won't tell you what I said, cause it's just, you know, not to be, not to repeat stuff like that, but we got into it coming back from, uh, what's that place? Lawton, Oklahoma. Lawton. Mm-hmm. Lawton, Oklahoma. I am. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, and just to kind of give you an idea how bad the things were that I said to her, um, which at the time I felt like, man, this is something that I've been waiting to tell her. That's how bad, you know, the mindset that I was in. She pulled over on the highway and said, get out of my car. With my wife and kids in that vehicle. And I walked down the highway until her brother picked me up. He was coming from Lawton as well, going coming back to Seminole. Mm. Yeah, that's how bad the things were. So... Yeah, man, it was it was tough for me, man. That yeah. that was a pill that 
I had to crush up to swallow because it was so big. Um, and that's why it felt like there was so much weight lifted off of me whenever I finally told her and said, you know what, I'm so sorry. Yeah. But, you know, I kind of explained what I had been going through in counseling. And, you know, now it's so crazy. Now, like, she has, like, I don't know what that thing's called, like Hulu or something. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I did away with cable um, just because I was kind of part of my healing, I feel like. Yeah. Too many outside influences. Mm -hmm. Plus, I feel like I get more out of the gym than I do being at home on the TV. And, like, she'll send me the passwords. Hey, I changed the password to Hulu. Sends it to me and stuff. I mean, like, the other day she called me and she's like, hey, I made chili because she makes bomb chili. Oh, wow. And uh, she saved me a bowl. Hey, I saved you a bowl of chili. I mean, it, like, that relationship. Yeah, no, that's you good. Know? Yeah. And, and I kind of look back and I'm just like, why couldn't you do that back then? But I don't know. I guess everything happens for a reason. Mm. Just got to trust in his plan. Yeah. You know, sometimes his plan isn't doesn't always seem the best or like it's good. But, I mean, a lot of good things came out of that. Yeah. So, who knows? Yeah. No, I mean, that's good that, that your relationship there, too, is just is better. Way, you know. Um, and, dude, I just want to tell you this. Like, I'm proud of you. Thank you. Very proud of you. I appreciate man. that. Yeah. Just... Uh, from everything you've gone through and to see where you're at now, you know, um, you're still fighting, you're still going, you're still running your race, you know? Yeah, stick around. Yeah. <laughs> no, man, I'm very proud of you, bro. Thank you so much, man. I yeah. appreciate that. I really do. I really do. Yes, sir, man. And then just, you know, the relationships with your kids, that's, you keep at it, man. You keep doing that, man. Don't. I know, like, I grew up without a father, so having my son, and I, and I know I've talked about this before, but just, it's different when it's it's that father son bond, and yeah. I love it, man. I love it. like I'm already buying them kicks too, you know. Which I didn't wear the right ones. I'm sorry, I didn't wear the right ones because I thought I was gonna get them dirty. And he came in these like, oh my gosh. He told me to go back home, but I didn't. But but no, man. Like it's it's just it's exciting. It's just like um, it inspires me, you know, just to to do more. You know, and just yeah. build that relationship with my, with my son. You know, and um, and just want to encourage even fathers out there that you may have a bad relationship with your dad, but man, sometimes it's just like you said, swallowing that pill, getting over yourself, and you have to start somewhere. Like you don't want to live with any regrets later on when you're eighty, ninety years old, and you're like, man, I wish I would have had that relationship. So if your dad is still alive, like, man, go man, to that relationship. Yes. Yeah, yes, man. sir. It, and it's never too late. It really isn't. I mean, yeah, there might be some damage done, you know, and there might be some lost time. Yeah. But it's, it's never too late, man. Even if there's lost time, just considering a new beginning. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there you go. Yes, sir. So, man, um, anything else you'd like to add? And I think... I think um, other than that, uh, you know, don't don't be afraid to get help, man. And, you know, like I said, and, and you just mentioned it, you know, sometimes you got to swallow that pill and, and it's really a prideful thing, yes, especially as a man. I feel like uh, it's really hard to say I'm sorry sometimes. Mm -hmm. And, 
I mean, you, you will not believe the times that your spouse or your friends or your family, whoever, that's all they want to hear. Yes. That's all they want to hear. And then just keep moving forward. Don't be afraid to say, I'm sorry. Yeah. It'll save you a lot of trouble and a lot of therapy later. (laughs) Man, dude. Yeah, no, that's good. Get help. There's nothing wrong with that. Doesn't matter. Like at all. You just got to man up. That's being a man. Knowing that you have problems and you need to get them fixed. That's being a man. You know what I mean? But uh, man, love having you on here, bro. It's just getting to know you a whole lot more. Like I said, it was. Yeah, we have a whole lot in common we do. than I actually thought, you know. And that's man, that's, that's awesome. Amazing. Yeah, it's good, man. That's good. But uh, that's all that we have for tonight. And until next time, we are out. What's up, everyone? Thank you for watching. Go ahead and go subscribe to my YouTube channel for new content. Also, go to social media and go follow me on there. And don't forget, follow, follow, follow. Peace.